0: Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Hill City Church in Springfield, Missouri. We are a community of believers who exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city and world. For more information about Hill City or to support our ministry, you can find us online at hillcitysgf.org. Morning, Hill City. My name's Brad. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, Okay, one more time. What an awesome day has it already been, Right. Man, how incredible. How incredible. Um, if you're visiting with us, here's the deal. We're like a year old, year and a half old church. Um, and if you look around, you're like, wow, you're only a year and a half. Here, this, look what just, just for a minute, just look around and see what God has done in the city of Springfield. This, this is amazing. Okay? And we believe the reason he's doing this is because we will fully and faithfully each Sunday preach the gospel. That's all we know how to do. Um, If you're visiting with us, we're we're pumped that you're here. Here's the deal, we're going through a series, we do that a lot here, and it's called Redemption Through History. We're going from the beginning, we're going from the beginning all the way to the cross, and if you're visiting here, you're kind of at the beginning, but this is about our third or fourth, I can't remember, um, sermon in the series. So Daniel started in the beginning at creation, then he went to Abraham, and Abraham was just a guy. Nothing special about him. But God chose. He wasn't looking for God. God looked for him and found him. And he gave Abraham a promise. He said, I'm going to give you land. I'm going to give you a nation. And I'm going to bless the world through you. He said, I'm going to make your descendants, your kids and grandkids and great grandkids. You're going to have so many of them. Look in the sky, Abraham. Look at all those stars. That's how many descendants you're going to have. So then, God gave Abraham a son, Isaac. And if you were here last week, you heard Royce teach on that. If you didn't, i highly recommend to go grab the podcast. It was a very good job that Royce did for us on Isaac, Abraham's son. Well, now this week, Isaac has a couple of sons. Because here's the deal, if God's gonna give Abraham descendants to number the stars in the sky, like the pace is not good so far. Like We're gonna have to start catching up here, okay? Um, so in comes Isaac, and he's got these twins. Now, here's the deal. These two twins, when they were in the womb, their mother, Rebecca said she felt a struggle within the womb. And of course, you're like, yeah, she had twins. Those of you who had twins, like, there's always a struggle. This was different. Like, it was, it was enough struggle that she, like, inquired of the Lord, like, what is going on here? And in Genesis 25, the Lord answers her, and he says, hey, two nations are in your womb, and two people will be separated from your bowels and the one people will be stronger than the other people and the older shall serve the younger now here's the deal that's not how it's supposed to work it's very important you know that okay it was not customary to put the younger before the older repeat that again it was not customary to put the younger before the older here's what we're going to do today we're going to look at a family and and really we could, we could describe this family as dysfunctional. It's a dysfunctional family. Okay? You're going to see a common thread in two of the key characters today. Um, they each have a coping mechanism. Another word for coping mechanism would be functional savior. I want you to remember that. And we're going to see that none of these functional saviors truly fulfill They don't truly satisfy. So the central character today is Jacob. The twins in Rebecca's womb was Jacob and Esau. Esau was the older one, Jacob was the younger. Now Jacob was a deceiver. Okay, this guy was a con artist. He was a slime ball. Gotta know that about him. Now, Esau, older brother, was a manly man. Big, hairy, muscular, manly man, hunted, killed stuff. Jacob, not so much, like no body hair, mama's boy, hung out with mom in the kitchen and cooked with her, twins, very different, no offense if you don't have body hair and you like to cook, you're still a man, you're still a man. Here's the deal. Jacob Jacob and Esau's dad loved Esau more than he loved Jacob. And this is going to cut Jacob very deeply. We're going to see what he does. Jacob is actually going to live with this emptiness inside of him for the rest of his life, really. So Jacob gets the firstborn blessing. If you hear people talk about the Old Testament the Bible, they always say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? Why do they say Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and not Abraham, Isaac, Esau? Esau was the firstborn. Here's why. Early in the game, Esau comes in from hunting. He's hungry as could be. So when Jacob, instead of just being a decent guy and saying, hey, I've cooked this great soup. Here you go, buddy. No, he says, give me your birthright. And then I'll give you this soup. Well, Esau's not very, we didn't say he was a smart guy, we just said he's a big, strong, manly man. So he sells his birthright for a bowl of soup. Now that birthright was just this thing that said, hey, I get my father's inheritance. Okay, so that firstborn of the family thing. But he also got a blessing. So there's a firstborn blessing which is different. And Jacob got that. I'll tell you how he got that. We're just gonna go through this very quickly. Some of you know the story. So dad, Isaac, is old and blind. And Jacob's mom gives him this idea, says, hey, you need to go trick your dad so you can get this blessing. So he puts like goat hair on his arms because that's how hairy his brother Esau was. He goes in, tricks his dad into giving him the firstborn blessing. Jacob was a deceiver. He was a con artist. He weaseled his way into getting his birthright. Then he essentially lied and stole the firstborn blessing. This is not how it worked. It was not customary for the younger to get the blessing over the older. It's not customary to put the younger before the older. Esau's ticked because now he doesn't get double portion, and Jacob does, of his father's inheritance. So, guess what? Esau says I'm going to kill my brother. That's how ticked he is. So Jacob runs, because that's what all he had to do. Trust me, Esau knew how to kill. He was a hunter. He could have killed Jacob any time he wanted. Jacob runs. And Jacob ran his whole life. Jacob's life was hell. For the rest of his life, he's going to live with the consequences of being a deceiver and a con artist. But here's the deal we've got to know about Jacob, man. This, Jacob was God's man. Like, everything I just told you, like, what a slime ball. And you know what? He was God's man. He believed in God. Didn't trust him all the time. Don't raise your hand. Anybody ever been there? So let me give just, just some real talk, just for a minute. Because I know we baptized 12 people, it's a f- phenomenal thing. But here, here, let me give you some real talk, okay? After... God, after you believe in God there is still pain there's still like inner emptiness right, that you have to deal with and what we say here is get with Jesus, let the gospel cover you that's going to make dealing with that way much better, but there is still emptiness and there is still pain, this is where we pick up In the story. Now, people with an inner emptiness know this. This should sound familiar probably to all of us, but people with an inner emptiness will give themselves to a hope. And for Jacob, that hope was one true love. Oh, romantic, isn't it? One true love. Let's pick it up in Genesis chapter 29. Genesis chapter 29. I'll start in verse 15. Remember, Jacob's running away. He's run away from his brother because he's going to get killed. In verse 15, it said, Then Laban, he finds Laban. He's going to go to work for Laban. And he does work for Laban. And he does a good job for Laban. Verse 15. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman. Should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now, Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah. And the name of the younger was Rachel. Now remember, he's working for Laban. His life was a mess. He had no money, no inheritance. He's, he's running away because his life was junk. Laban offers him something that could have helped. Laban has two daughters. Here, here's, here's what I'm just going to put this pretty bluntly. One was pretty and one was ugly. I know that sounds mean. Now Laban had two daughters, the name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Now when it says Leah's eyes were weak, that didn't mean she had bad eyesight, that means she ugly. (laughs) Now, keep in mind, this is going to matter here in a little bit, appearance was Her appearance was not as good as Rachel's. But I believe their body type was the same. Now check this out. It said, now Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. That means she was beautiful in form and appearance. But the Bible doesn't say Leah, doesn't say anything about her form. And that's going to be important later in the story. I think they had the same body type, just one was ugly and one was pretty. I know you hate hearing that. And it sounds mean. I don't even like saying it out loud, but listen, the Bible just says what it says, okay? (laughs) So verse 18, Jacob loved Rachel, the pretty one. And he said, I will serve you seven years for your daughter, Rachel. Okay, so that's like nearly double of what was normally kind of offered to get a wife in the day, <laughs> okay, um, seven years now here's the deal. I, like I love Jenny. I love her. Um, I went on a date with her April, May. where are you, babe? May, April, I don't know where she is. okay. like I put a ring on it in December, man. <laughs> like seven years. I don't, know, I don't know what this guy was thinking, okay? Why, was he, why would he do that? Why would he offer seven years? Remember what I said, it's a coping mechanism for the pain of his life, the unhappiness, the disappointment, the shame. And the way he's gonna cope with it is with a sexually attractive woman. And here's the deal. For him, it was rooted in the relationship with this dad. Remember, I told you, Isaac loved Esau. Dads, I want you to listen to me. You matter so much. You matter so much. Like all of Jacob's life, all he ever wanted was for his dad to love him like he loved Esau. All he ever wanted was for his dad to be proud of him. And he never got it. So dads, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you have any Esau's? Like and maybe you don't even have another son. That's all I'm talking about. Is your job Esau? Your hobbies, Esau. Like, you have something in your life that your kids will look at and go, Man, I wish dad loved me like he loved that. You matter. You matter. Jacob never got it. He never got it. And he did what, like, all of us would do, right? If you don't get that, we're going to find it from somewhere. So Jacob finds it in a woman. Look at verse 19. Look at verse 19. Laban said, remember, Jacob just asked, hey, give me me Rachel, your daughter. Now look at Laban's response. Well, it's better that I give her to you than just any other man. Stay with me. (laughs) <laughs> like, what the heck? Like, Laban has a, has a chance here, right? He could step in the gap. He could have a conversation with Jacob that Jacob's been longing for his whole life from his dad, never got. And instead, Jacob hears the same type of language that he would have been heard, heard from his dad his whole life. Yeah? Better you and some other guy. As opposed to Hey, you know what? You're a good man. You've worked hard for me. I'm proud of the way you've worked. I would gladly let you marry my daughter. You see the difference? Laban had a chance. Men, men in this room, you matter. Maybe you're a stepdad. Maybe you're an uncle. Maybe you're just an older guy that can speak into a younger guy's life. Your words matter. Jacob just kept getting cut by the men in his life, just cut. Like what if the culture of Hill City Church was one of just like super encouragement? Like we see these young guys helping with all this stuff. We walk up to them, put our hand on their shoulder, say, man, thank you for doing that. I'm proud of you for doing that. This wouldn't work without you. Maybe if that was our culture. because you know how it was for a lot of us growing up, right? We go do some work, and instead of hearing like, Hey, man, good job, good work. Feels good to do work, doesn't it? We heard like, well, that's pretty good, but you know, back in my day, we threw 2,000 bales before lunch. (laughs) You see the difference? Men, let's make that our culture. Because you matter. Look at verse 20. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel. And they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. Oh, isn't that romantic? We don't have time to be romantic today. Here's why we don't have time to be romantic. Verse 21 doesn't let us be romantic. Look at this. This is unbelievable. Then Jacob said to Laban, he worked his seven years, look at this. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife that I may go into her, for my time is completed. Now listen, this is not honorable, loving language here. I've had the privilege of doing a lot of weddings. One of my favorite parts of the wedding is when the father is walking his daughter down the aisle. It's amazing, right? And I get to look at these dads. Most times i got to look away because they're choking up, and then I'm going to choke up. But it's, it's beautiful, and I love when the groom steps down. And I say, Who takes or who gives this woman to be married? And the groom steps down after the father says, Her mother and I, and he shakes the dad's hand and says, Thank you. And he walks his bride up so we can do the wedding ceremony. That's how it's supposed to go. This was nasty. If I would do a wedding and the groom would be standing up there and the father walks his daughter down the aisle, what a similar thing would happen in our time would be this. Who gives this woman to be married? Her mother and I. And then the groom would step down and go, man, I can't wait to do her tonight. That's what he said. Boy, that's really romantic, isn't it? The, the weddings I've done, if that would have happened, the fathers that I've seen walk their daughters down the aisle, they said, stop this show. We're going home. This woman was a coping mechanism. This woman was Jacob's functional savior. Remember that. Jacob knew, he just knew if I could marry this beautiful woman, I can make babies with Rachel, like all the pain of my past will go away. He knew it. I'll read you a little excerpt from a book Titled Denial of Death. And in this chapter called Romantic Solution, Ernest Becker wrote this. Here's what he said After all, because this is common for all of us, what Jacob is doing is common for so many of us. After all, what is it that we want when we elevate the love partner to a position of God? We want redemption, nothing less. We want to be rid of our faults, of our feelings of nothingness. We want to be justified, to know that our creation has not been in vain. And we turn to the love partner for the experience of the heroic. Who did Daniel say the hero was? We turn to our love partner for to experience of the heroic for perfect validation. We expect them to make us good through love. Needless to say, human partners can't do this. Jacob found a functional savior in this beautiful woman. But here's the deal. The story is about to get super funky. I mean like weird. Let's go to verse 22. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast. But in the evening he took his daughter Leah. Who was Jacob supposed to be marrying? Rachel. He took his daughter Leah And brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. Laban gave his female servant, Zilpah, to his daughter, Leah, to be her servant. Remember that, because Jacob's going to make her a baby mama before it's all over. And in the morning, behold, it was Leah. Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Did I not serve you? For Rachel, why then have you deceived me? Now let's just get some things straight here. Um, Number one, it was pitch dark, right? No electricity. There weren't lighting candles in these cloth tents. Secondly, Jacob was probably so drunk he couldn't see straight. That's how they did weddings back then. They partied all day long. And then in the evening marriage was consummated so keep that in mind in Jacob's mind all night his dreams had came true right he didn't know the difference in his mind he was with Rachel now keep in mind it was dark she would have been veiled I believe body form was the same weren't this drastic difference in body type But in his mind, all his dreams had come true. He was with Rachel all night right here. But then comes the morning. Don't raise your hand. How many of us are like Jacob? How many of us have been like Jacob, because here's what Leah represents, right? She does, she represents our marriages. She represents our job, our education. Like all these things that we take and we say, man, if I can just get this, things will be right in my life. Young kids, if I could just get out of my parents' house, and get to college. Away from them, things will be right. And then you get to college. Man, if I could just get my degree and get out of here, things will be right. You get your degree. Oh, if I could just get this job. I know if I just get this job, everything will be right. We'll go our whole lives with functional saviors. And we're just as drunk as Jacob. The Bible calls that sober-minded. And here's what you have to remember. You have to remember this. Maybe you're in the middle of relying on a functional savior. Maybe you did it in the past. Maybe you're getting ready to jump into something and make something your functional savior. When we rely on something as our functional savior, you have to remember In the morning, it will always, always, always be Leah. There is something that you want and you long for deep in your heart that this world cannot give you. There is, undeniable, that's not a question. Solomon says he has put eternity into the hearts of men. Here's the problem, we try to fill that with functional saviors. And then the morning always comes. And then we're bitter, or we're angry, or we're resentful. We blame everybody else or everything. This is not how it was supposed to work. The truth is we just have never admitted that in the morning our functional saviors are always Leah. We were made by God. We were made for God. And he is the only savior that is sustainable. Sustainable. got to admit that we need him this morning. <laughs> Just got to admit it for some of you need to start. Verse 26. Ooh, this is a big one. See, Jacob says in verse 25, did I not serve you for Rachel? Why then did you deceive me? Remember how Jacob got his birthright? Remember how he got the firstborn blessing? And he goes to Laban and says, why did you deceive me? Pick it up in verse 26. Laban said, it is not so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one and we'll give you the other. Also return for serving me another seven years. And Jacob did so and completed her week. Then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Oh, Laban gave his female servant Bilhah to his daughter Rachel to be her servant. Whoa. If I would have worked seven years and then got totally hosed by a guy, like we're fighting. But you notice Jacob didn't put up a fight, did he? Why do you think he didn't put up a fight? Because Laban says this, around here it is not custom to put the younger before the older. This would have cut Jacob's heart in half. And for the first time in his life, he knows what his dad must have felt like. And he knows what his brother must have felt like. And he sinks. Okay. I'm, I'm, all right, I'll do it. You got me. He got a taste of his own medicine. He couldn't fight. It's what he's been doing his whole life, and he had it done to him. His life and his dreams were shattered. Oh, let's not forget about Leah, by the way. I mean, could you put yourself in her shoes? Go to verse 30. So Jacob went into Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban for another seven years. Leah had weak eyes. She was ugly. I want to be brutally honest with you for a minute. Um, Leah... was empty and she handles her emptiness the same way Jacob did. So she would have had daddy issues of her own, right? Just, just think of the way that her dad answered Jacob when he asked for Rachel. And Laban's response is like, yeah, better to give you than any other guy." (laughs) Dad's, Dad's with daughters. Seriously, is that is that how it went? For for those of you who have daughters who are married, like I don't have daughters who are married. I have two daughters. Right? They're young. I don't even like to. I almost didn't want to tell this. I don't. I don't want to give this illustration. I want to think about it. Like some guy coming to my house asking to marry my daughters. Just gut wrenching. But I'm gonna go there. Like, how are we gonna answer? Dads, how do we answer? Some guy comes to us, hey, can I marry your daughter? Well, better you than some other guy. Butt tap, good luck. <laughs> That's not how we do it. Like, I'm already looking at my daughters right now and I'm saying, hey, I tell them, and I do this like in the morning when their hair is all mess and I like snot all over their face, like, you're beautiful. You are beautiful, you are smart. You are kind, you are funny. I don't say you are kind to Oakley yet because I'd be lying, but she will be kind one day. <laughs> you don't know her. She will be kind. But think about how we answer, right? Leah would have had daddy issues. Furthermore, how about growing up in a house with a supermodel sister? She had an emptiness. Like her dad had to fake some dude out to get him to marry her. She was unloved. She was rejected. It's funny how, how, how Leah and Jacob were so similar, isn't it? Verse 31, when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, for now my husband will love me. She conceived again and bore a son, son number two, and said, because the Lord has heard me, I am hated. He has given me this son also, and she called his name Simeon. Verse 34, again, she conceived and bore a son and said, now this time my husband will be attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi. Listen, Leah had a functional savior just like Jacob. You can tell it by the names of her kids. Reuben, oh, finally Jacob will see me. Simeon, oh, finally Jacob will hear me. Levi, oh, finally Jacob will love me. And here's the deal. She would have made a great Southwest Missourian, wouldn't she? Oh, Leah. Like all she wanted was just be a good wife and a good mom. Is that too much to ask? Here's the deal, her husband and her first three kids were her functional saviors. She thought, oh now, this this will do it. This will do it. Three kids, the emptiness didn't go away. Her husband didn't respond like she wanted. Here's the deal. God was getting Leah to a place that he wanted her. And let me tell you something. Sometimes God will get you to a place that he wants you. And sometimes he does it with emptiness and pain. Then her fourth son comes. Check this out. Verse 35. And she conceived again and bore a son, number four, and said this time I will praise the Lord. A literal translation would say, this time I will praise Jehovah, the one true God. And it's something she had not done the previous three times. See, what Leah did is she took the deepest longings and aspirations of her heart that she had put on her functional savior, her husband, but she took them off of her husband and she put them on the Lord, Jehovah, one true God. Have you? Have you? Do you long for something that only God can give you? Is there a person or a thing that's taking your praise and your worship and you haven't gotten to the place where Leah got, where she said, this time I will praise the Lord. Now there's more. There's always more. Check this out. Did you guys ever watch like hype videos for different teams and get the chills? Any of you guys, you know, I'm talking you guys know what hype videos are. Okay, like I love watching those and I get the chills when I watch them because it just fires me up. Check this out. Leah was rejected her whole life. Yes. Could we say that she was a woman of sorrows? Talk to me. Yeah. Talk to me, y'all. We're not too stiff here. Listen, to t- listen up. Could we say that she had not beauty that men would desire her? Yes? Could we conclude that she was despised and rejected by men? See, I see some smiles. Some of y'all are like, oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. Could we describe her as one acquainted with grief? Could we describe her as one from whom men would hide their face? Oh, man, there's that Lee again. Come talk to me. I ain't dancing with her. She was not held in high esteem. Come on now let's go to Isaiah chapter 53 come on now start in verse 2 this is the hype video he had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him he was despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief Leah is a picture of how God will save the world. She has a baby boy. She named him Judah. This time I will praise the Lord. Judah, here's what's funny. Judah is going to get married. He's going to have a tribe like a bunch of kids. And we can read in Revelation... Where it says, Weep no more. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. The lion, Jesus. And you know what Jesus did? Just like his great, 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 great grandmother, he made himself ugly and he made himself weak. So he came to this earth. To save the ugly and the weak. And that is the gospel. And here's the deal. We cannot be too sophisticated or too proud to admit that we are ugly and weak. But the gospel will never have an effect on us. Some of you are like, man, I don't have any problem admitting that. I know I'm ugly and weak. As a matter of fact, I'm messed up. I'm so ugly. I'm so weak. There's no way God could ever redeem me. Have you, have, like, look at Jacob. <laughs> he was a wreck. Look at this mess. I have a slide up here. Look at the mess of Jacob's life, right? This is all of his kids with their babies with their mothers beside their name. How do you think he handled that family? If you think that you've messed up too badly for God to ever use you, you have to think again. The Bible, listen to me, This is not a book about great men and women. It's a book about a great God who takes jacked up men and women and gets what he needs to get done through them. Weak people, weak and ugly people who don't deserve His grace, He takes them. A lot of times they run from His grace and He still takes them and He still uses them. That is the gospel. And we're going through this story redemption through history. And the moral of this story is that morals don't get you into God's story. In God's story, you are not your sin. You are not your past mistakes. You are not your failure. You are who God says you are in Jesus. Rest in that. That is the gospel. And may we understand that gospel. May we apply it to our lives and see that Jesus is the hero, He's the Savior. The only Savior that truly will fill this emptiness. We're going to receive communion. We do it, visitors, we do this every, every week here. Why? Because it's a way that we rehearse the gospel. We have to rehearse the gospel on a daily basis. And the way we do it here on Sundays is we come to the table. As we receive communion, May we realize that it's Jesus who gets us into God's story. It's Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you for the story of Jacob and Leah. God, thank you that you're a better Leah. Thank you that you became ugly and weak. You made yourself of no reputation. Became a form of the servant, even a servant unto death and death on a cross. Thank you. May we celebrate that this morning. In Jesus' name I pray.